the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Let's try to get you to retirement. Let's try to get through the, the big issues of the day, shall we? Interest rates have been a big story of 2022. I think every year there's something to learn. I think that's how we should approach it. What did we learn about 2020? <laughs> Pandemic, right? That ooh, Not getting political. Just the effects of a pandemic on day-to-day lives and economies. What did we learn in 2021? Reopening. Pandemic part due. Um, world order. Oil. Crypto. I think it's kind of nice when we stop and kind of digest it. This year we're learning more about look for another story run on cannabis stocks. Mortgage refinancings are a big story, but the yield curve I think is something we should talk about just a moment or two. Yield curve is flattening. It's a brutally impossible thing to try to explain on the air, in my opinion. There's different yields, there's different bonds, and there's different treasuries that we're looking at. Yield curve is a bond nerd talk about the difference between yields on short and long-term treasury bonds. When bond traders are feeling good, economic vibes, good economic juju, good thoughts, the yields on the 10-year bonds or longer are higher than those on the two-year because the long-term is seen as riskier proposition in the immediate future than the now. The long-term has more potential inflation than the short-term. The curve now on the long and the short terms is flattening because investors are sensing peril on the horizon now. And they're buying more long-term bonds, which causes those yields to drop So the long-term starts to underperform inflation and the short-term starts to maybe not outperform inflation, but something's a problem. So when the yield curve starts to invert, long bond yields less than short-term bonds. Um, It usually means a recession is coming. Now here's, let's keep talking about this for just a second. Just humor me, okay? I know this isn't the most entertaining piece I'll ever do. (laughs) If anything ever is, let me know. Um, Bonds are considered smarter than stocks. And bonds are more about the church of what's working now. And stocks are more of a discounting mechanism. Now, when I say stocks, let's just say the S&P 500, just for easy sake in this conversation. Stocks are a little stupid. They're like, you know, I think Apple looks good six months from now. 
And you can see why people are still paying a premium for it on its valuation. That's the price to earnings. It could be the price to sale. It could be the price to book. It could be the debt to equity. Whatever people are valuing stocks on, you see longer term, they'll say, yeah, I think in six months from now, it feels okay. But shorter term, we don't know. So there's four things that move stocks, not necessarily four things that move bonds. The four things that move stocks in the SP 500, roughly, we're going to say is visibility is number four. Let's start with number one. Number one would be the company itself. How's the company doing? No, no, let's even go to a different number one. Number one that moves stocks would be the stock market. If the stock market's in a good, loving place and it's hitting highs 70 times in a year, your stock could go higher. If the stock market is in a good, loving place and it's hitting high 70 times a year, your stock could go higher. If the stock market is in a bad place, your stock could go lower. It's not your fault. It's the stock market. Number two, it could be the company itself. So let's say you own XYZ and they have a new CEO and they got new product and they have high demand and the millennials love it. Your stock can go higher. Specific to that stock, same thing. It can go lower. Your CEO is under investigation. <laughs> Do you see where this goes? And then you look at the sector and like, let's take a look at XYC semiconductor. There's a shortage of semiconductors, right? There is a supply issue. There's neon gas out of Ukraine. There's the Suez Canal backed up. There's long orders and the cancellations and factories in China that put together the semiconductors and bake them in semiconductor ovens are having COVID and staffing issues. So the sector could be good or bad. Three things that move a stock. The stock market, the stock, the sector, and then the visibility. And the easiest one to explain this one is a year from now, are you going to be watching uh, TV? And if so, there's a place probably for Netflix, Apple TV, Time Warner. You can probably see some visibility in entertainment. A year from now, we're going to be seeing movies, maybe a little less, right? So you're like, oh, the visibility is not what it used to be. It used to be in the 80s and 90s as kids, we'd see like record box office summer, record box office summer, record box office summer. And then that started to fade a little bit as generations got older and new generations came in and consumed media different than the previous generation. So those are the four things that really move stocks. The stock market. Up or down, you can have a good year. The stock itself, who the company is, what they do, who the management is, what the product is, how well it's received, you can do well. Then you get the sector. Like we're putting semiconductors in everything, but right now there's a shortage. And the positive is we're putting semiconductors in refrigerators, we're putting semiconductors in lights, we're putting semiconductors. We might as well put it in Coors beer. Can you see the Coors beer next year for the Super Bowl? Going something like this. We've put a semiconductor in to tell you and it's perfectly cold. Rocky Mountain cold semiconductors. And you're like, I didn't think we needed semiconductors in beer, but heck, why not? So those are the things that move stocks. Bonds, on the other hand, are more of a vibe on the economy and inflation. So the cheap cost of money is gone, gone, gone. And how do I know that? refinancings have plummeted 60% in 2022. Now, what is a refinance? That's when you go, I'm going to take some money out of my home. I'm going to sell a little bit of it now. 
take some money and I'm going to go do something with it. Maybe go to Hawaii, maybe ruin my marriage and get a, a super deluxe car. I don't know. Something, right? You're going to do something with that money. You're going to have economic activity. <clears throat> well, that's over. 60% drop as rates hit their highest level of 2018. Now, again, next week we could have a war in Sudan. I can't even find Sudan on a map. But we could have a war there and interest rates will go lower because what we find out, oh, the world's fourth largest supply of oil is in Sudan. <clears throat> that's going to kill economic activity. Got to stimulate the economy by lowering rates. Did not know that. That's a little talk on rates. It's a little talk on bond markets and stock markets. I hope it helps. I do that every now and then. I don't like doing it. It's not fun, but I think it's educational. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, and it is a story of 2022. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. The markets edged higher yesterday. The Russell 2000 was a big winner. The NASDAQ flew. The S&P 500 tacked on to four straight days of gains. We've got a big week on inflation on jobs reports. Robinhood up. 24% in one day, adding four more hours to its extending trading hours. You'll be able to trade stocks on Robinhood Forum, 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern time. And eventually they're going to try to do it 24-7. And their stock was up huge on that news. If you think of Robinhood as the Schwab of millennials, you can kind of understand it, but they have a lot of minds to make sure they don't step on. I'd prefer not to play that game. They're democratizing trading. They're making it cheaper. They're letting it go longer. They're introducing crypto. They're doing a lot of things that, that old-fashioned banks are too afraid to do. But that doesn't mean they're going to make money doing it. And it may mean that they have to ask shareholders for more money to build out this vision. With that said, they don't have a lot of bricks and mortar stores. They don't have big ivory towers in New York as far as businesses and rents and leases. They're more of a tech company than a traditional financial company, but eh, you'll see. Consumer confidence unexpectedly rose even as yield curve recession warning persists. If recession comes, don't think you weren't told because you were. Numerous times the stock market's saying it. The bond yield curve is saying it. Now, here's the thing on recessions. I talked to Adam Phillips about this on EP Wealth the other day. And we did a little YouTube channel thing, 15 minute. If you haven't checked it out, please do. It's Rob Black Show, YouTube channel. It's Rob Black Show. And then click on him. And at one point, he my job is to humanize him a little bit. He's an excellent, excellent portfolio strategist. Um, top of the notch, maybe the best I've seen. Probably right up there with the best. Um, and some of them, I, they just fascinate me. Watching people like Carl Icahn talk about the markets, uh, Mario Gabelli, um, Patrick O'Hare. I can listen to market strategists all day long for years. 
but one of the things he brought up was recession. He said the R word. I said, no, 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 no. Recessions aren't bad. Let's, let's, let's kill that stigma. I get why we think recessions are bad because dad lost his job at the steel yard. We grew up thinking recessions were bad. And recessions are a way of curbing growth. And curbing growth is a way of culling inflation. And right now, what's the one thing we're talking a lot? Inflation, inflation, inflation. So Ukraine, Russia may have added gas to the supply chain crisis, to the COVID staffing issues, to the higher wages inflation story. A recession may, you know, smoke out, may starve the oxygen out of some inflation. And a recession could be companies say, you know what, instead of hiring right now, we're going to let go of some people. Weird, because there's so many job openings that we want filled right now. And we're talking about letting go. Like, that doesn't add up, Mr. Black. And I agree. But recessions have a way of curbing inflation. Uh, honey, uh, happy anniversary. We're going to stay here this week. I'm going to cook dinner for you. We're going to make love. But I wanted to go to Hawaii. Well, this is what you're going to get. So suddenly jet fuel starts going down. Hotel costs start going down. Gasoline prices go down. Hertz rental car prices go down. As someone's lost a job and someone needs to stay at home to protect finances, circle the wagons to make sure it lasts as long as it can. Or, honey, we can buy now and pay later. (laughs) No! But recessions aren't bad. In 2000, I arrived in the Bay Area. The restaurant reservation system was so messed up. It was tough to get into restaurants because the economy was roaring. It was the golden age of the dawn of the age of the internet. So kids who worked at pets.com were opening $400 balls wine at restaurants. Kids, and when I say kids, it basically means people who have just graduated college and don't have a lot of life experience. Kids who worked at Yahoo. Uber wasn't even a thought then. Um, you name the dot-com geo cities, the kids that work there suddenly were getting my reservations. Suddenly they were getting higher salaries than me and to the members of the opposite sex, they looked more attractive. Then a recession came along and I could eat wherever I wanted to eat. I could drive to wherever I wanted to drive in a reasonable time without a lot of traffic. And to the opposite sex, I was more attractive because I had a job. So recessions can curb competition and lower demand or supply. And if the demand's still there for restaurants, if the demand's still there, like you see how it works. Recessions aren't the worst thing, but man, we don't like them. Other big stories of note today, and there are many. Your Amazon Prime packages could soon be delivered via drone. Internal documents show that Amazon plans to ask 1,300 customers in two towns to test its Prime Air drone delivery this year. Testers are going to be the towns of Lockford, California, and College Station, Texas, with delivery starting in September. You'll be able to choose from 3,000 items, largely an array of pharmaceutical beauty and pet supplies, all of which weigh under five pounds. The expansion of the drone testing program would mark a major step forward for Prime Air, which would cut the most expensive part out of delivery, labor or part of the labor. Factories are pretty roboticized now, but not completely. The drivers are completely not roboticized and they're starting to move that direction, maybe. I think that's an interesting story. 
because I can't wait for College Station, Texas to start reporting stories about uh, redneck from Texas today saw a drone flying to his neighbor's house and thought it was a nuclear bomb, so he pulled out a shotgun and shot it. <clears throat> or will we go, it's just another drone. Something tells me it's more of the first rather than the latter. And then you get adventurous kids with a slingshot thinking, you know, maybe there's maybe there's uh, cigarettes in that drone. And they're going to try to shoot it down with a slingshot. Something tells me that's going to be more of the story. But we'll see. Verizon customers have been reporting suspicious texts ostensibly coming from themselves, a problem that is being tried to fix at Verizon. Robotechs have been on the rise in recent months. It's really annoying. You know, the Republicans make America great again, Democrats like uh, fair wages and Black Lives Matter. I will vote for Rob Black. I will kill all spammers and any hackers to death. That's going to be the platform that attracts me. I know you're saying uh, you're kidding about killing spammers, right? I'm not. I'm not. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show. Okay, maybe I am. I'll just slap them. I'll Will Smith slap them. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Never good to normalize violence. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. Joining me now, Carrie Sachs. She works with EP Wealth. She's a certified financial planner, a CFP, a chartered financial analyst, a CFA. I love those designations. I used to be a registered investment advisor, which is a very, very, it's an okay designation, but the CFP, I think, is a great designation. Carrie, as you have a CFA that makes you a chartered financial analyst, that's that's pretty hardcore testing that you had to go through, but it taught you a lot about investments. Talk a little bit about how you have that knowledge and how it's different from maybe, say, the average person out there. Sure. It, it is a pretty rigorous program. It's three. Well, when I took it, you could only take one exam a year, and there were three. So you had to pass each. And if you missed, if you failed one exam, you had to wait a whole additional year. The CFP, I always describe as a broad course of study. It covers so many things. It's this huge net. The CFA goes extremely deep into security analysis, stock analysis, uh, bonds, everything, accounting, understanding company financials, income sheets, balance sheets, cash flow statements, so that you can effectively run an investment portfolio, pick stocks, pick bonds in a way that is adding value and and generating alpha. So the combination of the CFA exam, that that course of study, as well as I was an analyst for about 11 years and director of research at my old firm in North Carolina for four years. So that experience combined with the studying really helped me do my job well, you know, and also be able to communicate what we were doing in, in clients' investment portfolios and why. What I like about that is I can go to a bar with you. I can go to a restaurant with you. We can talk business. And I love talking stocks. And it brings a lot to the table in conversations more so than say how the 49ers or Raiders doing having strong knowledge of investments is great. And like you said, you're able to apply that to client portfolios from EP Wealth mm-hmm. and say, okay, you're being a little too conservative. Are you conservative? You're able to talk to people. Um, do you find being a stock picker that you get into these conversations where people want the sexiness of a stock versus an index? Do you find yourself now getting caught up in, in that game of uh, trying to help people, but not encourage them in the wrong direction? I do. That is such a common theme. I see people love a story. And what I think a lot of folks who aren't in the investment industry don't understand is that a story is 
really important. It is half of security selection, but the other half is the valuation piece and understanding is the stock price, does the valuation already reflect that great story? You know, is it already overvalued? And that's why I do, after having done this for years, I do prefer passive investing in a lot of ways. You get instant diversification at a very low cost. You don't have all your eggs in one basket. You are sort of protected from being persuaded by the sexy story. You know, it's a, it's a much simpler and actually oftentimes more effective strategy for reaching your financial goals. I think that's a fair statement because I think the only times I've ever underperformed the stock market is when I go with individual stocks that don't work out that typically have a great story. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, mm-hmm. my dad died of cancer. One of the worst stock investments I ever made was a company called Cryomedical Sciences, which was trying to freeze prostate cancer, which I was like, that's better than... Um, radiation, that's better than, you know, the poison that we're putting in people to kill cancer. And that stock killed me. So I, I've never bought another oh. medical company like that, a biotech company. Um, so maybe a learning of a lesson, but back to you, sort of a chartered financial analyst, three tests one year apart, and then you decide to add the CFP to it. That's a lot of testing. Which designation do you like more, the chartered financial analyst or the certified financial planner? Yeah, I'm a little glutton for punishment there. I, I have to say I'm grateful that I have the CFA, but I love, I actually enjoyed studying for the CFP, the Certified Financial Planning designation, because it was so practical and applicable to my own life and then my clients' lives. It, I mean, I remember reading the section on umbrella policies and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have an umbrella policy. Let me go get one. It was just so valuable because it really helped get my financial house in order. And I was learning in a way that directly applied to me in a beneficial way as I went. And I thought that was great. Do you want to hear an odd fact about me is I can't get umbrella insurance because I work in financial media. And oh, there's, a, there's a fear that someone will see me and hate me and kidnap my kids. And that wouldn't be covered oh. because I'm in financial media. Talk a little bit about what an umbrella policy is, because I think that's a new one for a lot of our listeners. Sure. You know, most of us have homeowners insurance, car insurance, auto insurance, and so an umbrella policy is sort of supplemental to those policies. If, for example, someone, if you owned a single family home, uh, someone got injured on your home, tried to sue you, the home insurance is really not going to cover much of that. So the umbrella policy is that additional insurance to protect really your net worth. And they say the rule of thumb, you know, the rule of thumb is you don't want to, you want to have an umbrella policy that covers about what your net worth is. You don't want to go too much more than that because then you're actually more attractive of a target for attorneys because you have this huge uh, insurance policy that could be a payoff for them. So that's not everyone, but I, you know, they just say best to have it matching your net worth so that you're protected, you know, and you're not going to have to get in a situation where you're going to have to utilize those assets that you want to be using them for retirement. Sounds good. Thanks for the information. It's Carrie Sachs. She's with EP Wealth. If you go to epwealth.com, there's a lot of articles that are fantastic. They're free about women investing, about investing the long-term, investing through corrections. Carrie can talk to you. You can find her at epwealth.com. She's a chartered financial analyst, certified financial planner. She's with EP Wealth in the Bay Area. Thanks very much. It's Carrie Sachs with EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. Questions about how to invest in your retirement? Check out robblackshow.com and get in on the conversation. Subscribe to the podcast and video channels. No one cares more about your money than you do. It's time to start to feel good about your financial future. robblackshow.com, robblackshow.com.
Beats and Chong are in the headlines again, as is Mike Tyson. Tommy Chong is always out there talking about legalizing marijuana. Mike Tyson has some incredibly distasteful Tyson bites, which looks like Evander Holyfield's ear as a CBD-infused gummy. Investor optimism is positive right now because Rob Black's talking about marijuana stocks. The alternative harvest ETF has gained more than 10% so far in the month of March as the House Rules Committee is set to hold a hearing on the MORE Act, which would decriminalize cannabis at the federal level. The alternative harvest ETF is a sign of, or it is a, it's a group of stocks put together as an exchange-traded fund that all represent some sort of exposure to marijuana. The bill, the MORE bill, the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment Expungement Act, that's a mouthful. It's trying to decriminalize cannabis. It would create provisions for banking and consumer packaged goods sales. The unintended law of consequences, in effect, when you go to a marijuana dispensary, whether you have glaucoma for a medical reason or you're trying to relax and sleep or you're just trying to get high and eat a whole bag of chips while watching late night television, um, those are the stories that are being highly mm, targeted for robbery. Because banking laws don't exactly favor transactions done by debit cards or visa cards. It's a cash transaction business in a lot of states. Um, and that's very problematic. And if it's not a cash transaction, you can sign up for their, their online payment system, but you're also going to be paying like a 10 to 20% markup. So I don't know about this. I can tell you that the last time we got excited about marijuana stocks, we got disappointed. And a lot of times on this show, we'll talk about history. Have we ever gone through a recession and come out of it okay? Yes. Numerous times, in fact. Have we ever gone through world wars and skirmishes around the world? Yes. Numerous times, in fact, and came out of it. And yes, we've had an excitement over a new investment opportunity where you can get on the ground floor of a Walmart of marijuana. You could be on the ground floor of you know uh, social media for marijuana. Constellation Brands, the spirits and beer giant, owns a 36% stake in Canopy. Canopy started rolling out higher margin drinkable cannabis, which is accelerating in 2022. Drinkable cannabis currently makes up 1% of the U.S. market, which I would have no clue on. I'm kind of a frugal shopper. And if I were to go into like a 7-Eleven and see like, oh, a CBD infused water, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to pass. What if it tastes crappy? What if it tastes like, like, I don't know, grass sitting inside of a grass, but lawn mowed grass and, and water. Mmm, yummy. So canopy growth said federal legalization would be transformative in the eyes of investors. Canopy bought MSO acreage for about 3.4 billion. It sells the Martha Stewart's CB line. Martha Stewart, big player. Mike Tyson, big player. Snoop Dogg, a big player. <laughs> I'm most fascinated by Martha Stewart. Okay, forgive me for saying this, but she's kind of like very, how shall we say? She's cultivated a very sexual grandmotherly image. And she's done this like willingly for the, ah, I just baked a pie lady. Isn't that lovely? Putting some leaves on your Thanksgiving table from outside. Having a big leaf of marijuana that your whole family can puff after turkey. It just sounds remarkable. So cannabis stocks are a story right now. 
if you're going to look at it, start with an ETF, the Alternative Harvest ETF. Again, you've seen this story in badly before, so it's a little bit more to get action on your stock dimension. Recently, I've been talking about CNN and Ted Turner and how he was a pioneer for cable programming with CNN, CNN 2, CNN Headline News, CNN World. And he made a lot of money. As broadcast TV had to put on news, they didn't want to put on news, but because they had a federal license, the federal government said, you should do something good for society and put on news. And Ted Turner's like, we can do that better. And he did it better. And news became a wild moneymaker. And then the only way you could make more money was getting into opinion. So CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, they're not investigative. Investigative reporting is very, very expensive. I can tell you because I work at Cron, who was famous for investigative reporting. And for the last 25 years, I've seen them cut staff. And at finally some point, we were like, that's enough staff. But they'll use me to create news because I can give a fair and honest assessment of the stock market. They don't have to pay me a lot of money. Um, it's good for my brand. But they can't pay an investigative reporter to go sit at City Hall and ask questions every time someone comes in. What are you here for? What are you here for? What do you mean they're here for? Too expensive. That same thing has happened to CNN, MSNBC, and Fox. There is no news and news. The only news I kind of see out there is BBC. Um, and I know you can hate on me, but I think opinion-driven news is what we get today because it's profitable and it's cheap. And it's profitable because it's cheap. Tucker Swanson Dinner Carlson, he's popular because he has a strong opinion, but he's also profitable because he's cheap. CNN Plus aims to capitalize on interest in news. They've started to roll out a short, no, 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 it's not short. It's $5.99 a month for subscription service for news super fans. And what stinks is there's one guy on that I kind of like, Scott Galloway. He's got his own show. But I'm not paying six bucks for a TV show. I'm just not. Maybe I will, but probably not. Will Wolf Blitzer be less Wolf Blitzer? Will Chris Wallace be more Chris Wallace? I do like Chris Wallace. But with that being said, it's just a mess. Other big stories out there, refinancings have plunged. You kind of see where the world's at today. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, or Rob Black Show. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. 
Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.